Hello, and welcome to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. I am Steph, and I'm the owner and creative director of Vim. Vim's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast, Leaders on Center Stage. I'm so excited to have this leader with me on stage today. Um, Ruthie and I have met through um, mutual colleagues, professionals in this amazing branding marketing world that we both live in. Um, it's It's been a, an amazing journey of diving into this community with Ruthie and, and all of these other amazing people that we could talk about. Um, but I want to, I want to dive into things and kick it off as we normally do and just start with Ruthie, what is your why? Wow. That's a good question. Um, and I think, you know, the why question for entrepreneurs and business owners, it like it, it, it grounds you in what you do. And I think it's an important part of your brand. So I love that you kind of kick off with that question. Um, you know, my why, I think if we really got down into the root, and I could probably talk in circles for a half an hour about this, but if we really got down to the root, it's to bring out the sparkle in others and to be the sparkle. You know, I very much want to be a positive light in the world. I want to bring positive energy into the world. I'm a big encourager. I'm a big cheerleader of other people. I'm a look for the positive in all the things. And I, I don't mean in a toxic positivity kind of space, right. but like, how can we find solutions? How can we get to the good thing? How can we find the good thing? And so whether it's as an entrepreneur and starting my own business or in marketing and branding and helping businesses talk about what they do. It's all about that, like bring the good and be the good in the world. I love that. I love that you said sparkle too, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm a, if glitter was a color, that could probably be my favorite color. Um, but I, I think each one of us, you know, we have a sparkle inside of us that's unique to us. And I think one of the cool things about content and what I do is I help people plan content that brings out their sparkle so that they can make an in impact and an income. And, you know, every day, I think we get another chance to sparkle. We get the opportunity to grow and sparkle a little bit brighter. So that's really something that I am passionate about. And as a mom, as a business owner, and as a person, that's really something that I want to help other people do as well. Yeah. I love that. And so for, for bringing out other people's sparkle, right. And being the sparkle for other people, how have you used your career like to cater, right? Cause that could look like so many different ways. So fill us yeah. in a little bit. And I, I apologize. I didn't properly introduce you. You are both the host and the owner of the consistency corner. So the consistency corner, we're talking sparkle, right? Already in this episode. So tell us how the consistency corner and sparkle and bringing this all to light for people really come collides. Yeah. So a little bit of a backstory I will share that I picked the name, the consistency corner for my podcast when I thought I was going to be a health and fitness coach. Oh. I thought that I was going to be leading busy moms in living their best life through finding a way to fit in health and fitness. And about a year or so ago, quickly realized, not quickly, but realized, had kind of a light bulb aha moment that that wasn't the how for me to get to my why. 
that there was another way to do it. And I realized that over the course of, you know, 15 years in the retail space, retail management, retail um, merchandising, and then five years in retail marketing where I taught myself how to do marketing and I helped a brand really elevate the consistency in their branding, mm -hmm. that if I can teach myself how to do marketing, I can teach other people how to do it. And so I had this realization and decided that I was going to pivot the consistency corner out of health and fitness coaching into marketing coaching. And so the podcast had already launched. I had, I don't know, 10 episodes out there that were about like morning routine and personal development and drinking more water. And then I was like, <laughs> we're going to shift a little bit and we are going to start talking about marketing. And my goal was to help small business owners understand that you don't need an MBA to market your business, that you can start where you are, you can work with what you have, and you can learn a little bit each day, each week, each month, and grow and get better if marketing is not where you went, what to, went to school for, or you don't right. feel like it's your zone of genius, you can get there. And I realized from years in working in retail that the consistency in a brand is like it's what matters the most because mm -hmm. the, the customer is not getting in a consistent experience and i don't just mean experience in the product they buy or even their one-on-one -on -one time with you but the holistic experience across all channels of the marketplace if they're not getting a consistent experience with you they're gonna forget you because they're inundated with content and information and media and all of these things so as a business owner when you can get consistent on, like you even talked about your why, your what, your how, and all those details, it's going to help you make such a bigger impact with your business. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love, I mean, I talk a lot about consistency too. And so, like you said, we're, we're, we're both curly haired sisters and consistency sisters, I swear. Um, and one of the fun facts that I love sharing is, you know, in sales world, right? Um, at least from the beginning of me having any sort of career, right? So anyone who's older than me listening, this might be a dated stat. But when I began in the sales world, it was, you know, seven to 12 impressions um, was what it took to convert a lead into a sale. Okay. Now in 2022, they are saying it takes more like 22 or higher impressions to make a sale or to convert a lead into a sale. And so when we think about that, it's like, oh no, now we have all this extra work we have to do where before we we had 10 less. But in reality, think about how many single times are we being served a message, right? So we have branding through apparel, swag, swag, right? We can just go with swag. We have cons um, social media. So we're being served a brand over and over again on social, on email, on billboards, on, on our vehicles. How many more vehicles are we seeing wrapped now than ever before? And so sure, now we need to get to this higher number of impressions, but we have this bigger opportunity with a consistent brand to get to that 22 a lot higher. Is that something that you talk about when you're coaching your clients? Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about the funnel and we talk about the fact that we've got to be doing marketing activations for all phases of the funnel. And I work a lot with newer business owners, business owners that are solopreneurs, kind of trying to do it all themselves. And I think what a lot of times they do is they look at like really big brands or really big companies and they try to like copy paste what that person mm -hmm. is doing. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that you can't because you haven't been pouring into the top of the funnel 
the way that brand or person has. So we've got to come up with a strategy that works for you that you can be consistent with, because that's the other thing people will do is they'll like, I'm going to do 30 reels in 30 days and I'm going to get out there. And then they burn out Mm -hmm. because they're realizing like, oh, that's actually not sustainable for me to do that over the course of the long term. And if we're doing something that we cannot do, an intensity that we can't do consistently, that stop, go, stop, go, that hurts us in the marketplace because our customers don't know what to expect from us. They think that we're, you know, maybe unreliable. But if instead we say, I'm going to post on social media three times a week or two times a week, or I'm going to do one reel a week or two reels a week. And then maybe if I get inspired to do one extra or two extra here and there, that's okay. But I'm not going to put this pressure on myself to go like 110% and pump out content the way a team of 20 pumps out content and then get disappointed. Because the other thing too, is that we know that, you know, the consistency, it's like the tortoise and the hare. That as long as we can be consistent over time, we're going to be able to sustain our efforts. And that's where we're actually going to get the results versus just like that stop, go sprint, stop cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you help your clients um, with that foundational aspect, right? Because yeah. they're, they're, it's so easy to say, oh, I saw this 30 days real, or mm-hmm. I saw that this is the cool thing, or now mm-hmm. TikTok's popular. You know, how do you help them establish this foundation before they hit the ground running? Yeah. So the first thing we absolutely have to do, and this is what I love the work that you do, is that we have to dig into our brand foundation because our brand is the starting point for where we're going. And then the second piece, and we can probably geek out and talk for hours about all the pieces of your brand. But the second piece is to understand in this season, what are our business goals? Because then the marketing strategy that we create is the roadmap between our brand and our business goals. But if we don't know what our brand stands for and what our brand's mission is and all those details, and we don't know what our business goals are, well, then we don't have a map because we have to have a start and an end. Yeah. And then we can build the map that makes the most sense versus like shiny object syndrome of this and this and this and this and grounding us in that, like, who are we, where are we going? Then we can, you know, feel a lot more confident in our decision and our marketing strategy. I love that you say map and that you literally use your hands. Like I'm a hand talker, right? Like these little vehicles driving around because the example and the analogy I like to give people when it comes to you know, content versus branding and where do you start and how do you deliver it is think of your brand housed in this warehouse, right? What you do, how you sound, what you look like, what you sell, who you, um, who you are, who you believe or what you believe in, why you do what you do. It's all housed in this warehouse and your vehicles, your marketing vehicles, whether it's social media or email marketing or, you know, billboard marketing, whatever it might be, those little vehicles have to come back to the warehouse and pick up, you know, they got like a little pick sheet. They got to go and they got to pick all the pieces of your brand that makes sense to deliver for that marketing vehicle, right? The social media marketing vehicle, right? And so if you haven't slowed down and defined what's in your warehouse or, hey, keep your warehouse stocked, right? 
keep talking and keep making sure that those depth, that depth of your brand is stocked for your marketing to share, then we lose consistency and your message is very likely to get convoluted. Does that kind of align with some of the things you share? Yeah. And you know that keeping your warehouse stocked, there's two things that I see people do. One is they'll feel like, I don't know what to say. So I'm going to wait until I stockpile and I get it perfect. But then mm -hmm. we're not like testing. We're not seeing what resonates. We're not getting better by practicing putting the thing out there. Yeah. Or we'll see people invest so heavily in a message or a um, container or a, a a campaign where then something pivots in the world or with their team or whatever that they're like, oh no, this doesn't work anymore. Like they, we have to understand that our brands actually do evolve. Absolutely. And it's really important, if not quarterly, at least seasonally, to kind of take a step back and audit and say, is this still my mission? Is this still my values? Those things can evolve over time. And it's not like we can just create 10 years worth of marketing strategy in one sitting. Like it right. doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, and it's not going to be a very responsive one, you know, because if you're planning that far ahead, then you're not shifting gears with the times or, or like you're just pointing out, basing the next thing on the success or lack of success on the previous. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard people say like, oh, well, we tried, you know, let's just say email marketing. We tried email marketing and it didn't work. Well, is it that email marketing didn't work or is it that your message didn't work right. or is it that your branding wasn't honed in? You know, I have a, a client that I'm working with right now that they have a really great product, like just sitting there and talking to them and hearing about their product and the problems they solve. It's a great product. But when they originally launched, their conversion rate was like terrible, mm. not because their product was terrible, right. but their branding and their messaging had not been tested with their ideal customer and with the um, kind of strategies that they were using and it kind of fell flat. And yeah. so now they're backing up and saying like, okay, we have a great product. How do we get the message right? How do we get the branding right so that it can actually convert? I love that. That's so true too. So, okay, I, shifting gears a little bit. So, right, you, you've chose to create, to help individuals with their marketing and content and consistency to live out your purpose, your why of, you know, helping others to sparkle and sparkling for them. Um, where does that passion for that come from? You shared a little bit, um, I think it was off, no, no, it was on air. You shared a little bit about how the consistency corner kind of originated and you've shifted gears. So when, if you look back and this is a fun, a fun exercise, if you look back in time, when do you think, whether it's young self, teen self, recent self, when do you think the first memory you have of living out that passion of being a sparkle for someone or helping others to sparkle? What's your first memory of that? Yeah. So when I was 20 years old, I was going to school for, well, first I started out going to school for pre-pharmacy and I thought I was going to be a pharmaceutical sales rep. Why I thought that, I don't know. It seemed like a cool job and you get to, you know, wear fun outfits and go to doctor's offices and network with people. Plus I was like pretty good at science. So I thought this was the perfect job. I don't know why, but you know, I was 20. Then I um, cried during my organic chemistry final because it was incredibly hard and I thought I was going to fail and I'm not used to failing because I was always a good student. And I thought to myself, walking home after that, that final, that like, 
why am I um, putting myself through organic chemistry when I could just be a sales major and still do pharmaceutical sales or any other kind of sales out there? So I changed my major to selling and sales management. All the while, I was working in retail. I was working for Victoria's Secret. I worked for them for 15 years. And I remember doing merchandising and like setting the store displays and thinking that someday I wanted to help powerful brands ensure that their message was consistent across all channels of the marketplace. Now, at 20 years old, what I thought that meant is that maybe I was going to be a district manager someday. And I was going to like mentor other managers and sales associates and make sure that the store experience from store to store was consistent. Because I saw even at that time in a growing organization that Victoria's Secret 676 over here and Victoria's Secret 1341 over here, sometimes the experiences were different. And I realized that to the customer like that's not okay. It needs to be consistent all the way across the board. And so then as I pivoted into marketing, I realized that that thought, you know, back when I was 20 years old was propelling me to kind of the next steps of my career. I love that so much because you're honing in on a different piece of brand than what a lot of people think of. Okay. So I oftentimes tell my early memory of something visual. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people, I'm sure many listeners have heard that story, so we don't need to dive into it. And now with yours, it's something very experiential, Mm -hmm. right? So the experience of one store, right? How you're treated, how you're greeted, um, how you're cashed out, whether or not somebody offers you a a fitting or what have you at one store versus another store varied. Um, And you recognized even at 20 that that was part of a brand. Where do you credit that recognition? Because a lot of people don't see that as a brand. They think it's customer service. You know, that's a great question. And I would say that probably just comes from being a shopper. That Mm -hmm. I love to shop. And I would think about things like the good target versus the not so good target. (laughs) And that like, it wasn't about the customer experience. It was about the total 360 degree experience, you know, and I even remember helping open stores as new stores were opening and I got to go to some flagship stores and realize that like, although from a brand budget, not every single store could be Herald Square in New York City and like three stories and all the bells and whistles, but that every single store, the customer could walk in and out with the same feeling Mm -hmm. if they were interacted with by associates that were connected back to the mission and the why and the purpose. And I realized as I was, I stepped into a marketing role in corporate retail that like, oh, I have the power to help support a brand with that by making sure that they have a brand foundation in place. You know, when I stepped into my corporate role in marketing, the company that I was working for did not have brand values. And that was one of the very first things that I said is like, we need to really align and define our brand values. They had a mission statement, um, but I really wanted to, and we worked with the owner over the course of about a year to pull out those brand values. And then over my course as the marketing director, I would constantly reference the brand values and go back to them Mm -hmm. because I knew that that has to be in the ethos of a company in order for that company to stay successful as they scale. Because as solopreneurs, we have it all in our head. And like, we think, oh, everybody knows and everybody gets it and everybody cares as much as I do. But if you don't use language and communicate to your internal team, 
what yeah. really, really matters to you and who your brand is, how in the world are they ever going to communicate that to the external team, the customer? Yes, absolutely. I think somehow early on, whether it was a great manager you had at the Victoria's Secret or just innate in you, um, the diff the recognition that branding is also for your internal versus your external is, is very powerful. Um, do you speak a lot of that to your clients? You know, I'm just starting to. We're just starting to have conversations, particularly around hiring. Um, in yeah. the world that we live in today, the hiring situation, particularly in the retail space, in the product-based business space, it's different than it ever has been. Retention is crazy. Turnover is crazy. And HR managers are like strapped. And so having conversations about, you know, even from your marketing content, maybe you don't need to do a lot of marketing because your sales are through the roof. Like maybe you've right. created a brand and a product that is attracting the ideal customer, but are you attracting the ideal employee? Right. Do people know what your brand values are and that it's a great place to work and be a part mm -hmm. of their journey and their careers if you're not communicating that? So that's even like a conversation that I'm starting to have with clients about leveraging other platforms like LinkedIn or even your website and your social media to connect with your ideal community of your internal team. Yeah. And not only like as far as attracting, um, retaining. So mm -hmm. we think about customer loyalty and customer retention, but um, keeping your internal team not just happy, but making sure they're aligned with those values. So when you bring them in, it's one thing, oh, we believe these things, but do we live these things and yes. making sure that they're reminded, you know, I'm here, I show up every day um, with Ruthie at the Consistency Corner because we talk about these, these things we believe, we bleed them through our work every day. And I think the great companies who really value branding and really start with that foundation, recognize you got to talk about and live and be about all of these things every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe in an abundance mindset and that there's a place for everybody and that there's a community for all of us to serve. I, I'm not a super competitive person where like, I want to take all the business and I don't want you to have any of the business. Like I, I'm just not like that. But I think that a lot of times in business, entrepreneurs get that they have that competitive mindset. And so they think it's about like winning and beating yeah. the other guy. And the way the world is shifting and people are, you know, after COVID, people are paying attention to things like quality of life and work-life balance mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. being in alignment and focusing on their energy, working for a leader and a brand that is in alignment with your values is so important. And so just being the biggest like yeah. doesn't matter to people anymore. It's about that energy alignment. And so as a leader, if you've grown from a space of like, I'm just going to be the biggest and the best, it might be really difficult to peel back the layers and say, okay, but like, who am I at my core? What right. type of people do I want on my team? And it's, it's, it's work to put that in. And like I said, when we built our brand values for the company I work for, it took about a year of going back and forth with the owner to get the right language wow. so that we could talk about that with any employee who, employee who interviews. And I actually really think the branding process and the connecting with your internal customer, it starts before the interview. It yeah. starts with the job posting. Like that stuff, yeah. as much as I think job postings and job descriptions, like that's an HR function. I think marketing should be involved because you want to make sure that the brand is represented the right way.
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. A quote that reinforces what we're talking about is that in the past, business used to be about muscles. Now it's about brains. In the future, it'll be about heart. And we're in the future. That quote, yeah. that quote was 20, 30 years ago, right? So we are truly in the future where, where business is about heart. Yeah. And um, retaining employees, attracting customers, um, ev- how you source everything you do, what you stand for, what you do beyond what you sell. So any philanthropic piece to your business, mm-hmm. it is comes back to that heart. Um, I love that you have that immersed in your brand and you are helping others to find their sparkle and be their sparkle to see that that is important and powerful. I love that we do that together in our own unique ways. I want to one, thank you for coming on. So, so, so thankful that you came on and that we get to do this again. Ruthie had me on her show last year. Yes. Was it longer than that? I think think we recorded it late last year. Oh my gosh. Time is such a warp. So I want to just thank you again for coming on. And I also want to leave with just two things. One, if you could leave just one tip, one value add to my listeners, share that. And then second, if my listeners are kind of vibing out, they want to learn a little bit more about how they can bring consistency to their brand. What is something that they can jump in and just dive right on with you? um, Or kind of what's the next step to get to Ruthie? Yeah. So I want to share first um, a, a equation with your listeners. I'm all about a framework, a recipe, a map. A, a the science part of you is coming out. Yeah. Right. Right. So I want to share something that all leaders shared with me many years ago called the success equation. And this can apply to anything in business, in relationships, in health and fitness. It's the success equation. And what it is, is time plus consistency plus an intensity you can maintain multiplied by belief equals your results. Mm. So if your results are not what you want them to be, one of those four ingredients might just need a tweak. Say those again. Yeah. So time plus consistency plus intensity that you can maintain times belief equals your results. So from a marketing example, you know, maybe the intensity that you are posting, you're posting three times a week. Maybe that's not quite intense enough. Maybe Mm -hmm. we need to increase it to four, but can you maintain that? You know, are you being consistent or have you been yo-yoing that belief? I'm a big mindset person. If your belief and your mindset isn't there, maybe that's the piece that needs to be tweaked. Mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe all of those things are right and just not enough time has passed. So one of those four things, it's not that you're like, oh, I'm terrible and I have to just start over to get the results I want. It's which piece of the recipe do I need to tweak to get the results that I desire? Mm, That's good. That's a good tangible thing that we can all kind of start to put into place for ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And if consistency is one of those areas that you're like, "Mm, I have not been as consistent as I maybe should be when it comes to creating content or working on my marketing, I invite you to join me inside our monthly content co-working session. So I host a content co-working session once a month. It's kind of like study hall where I work with you for the first 10 or 15 minutes and share some content planning or content creation tips And then you have 45 minutes to 55 minutes to sit there and work. And we're on Zoom. 
and there's other people on zoom with you to hold you accountable. It's like yes. an accountability date with yourself to work on your content. And whether that's sitting down, writing copy, selecting graphics, mapping out a plan, whatever it is that you need to work on, it's on your calendar so that you actually get it done. And then we have time at the end for Q and A. So if you'd like to join that, you can learn more at ruthiesterrett.com slash community. And like I said, we host it once a month. So if you can't make it this month, sign up and maybe you can make it next month. I love that. What And that's free. Yeah, it's free. And I, I really started doing it. It came from something that I did. I worked in network marketing years ago and a coach that I worked with offered it. And it was so incredibly powerful that when I was thinking about how I can support my community with getting consistent, um, you know, the podcast offers tips and strategies, but Tips and strategies only work if you implement them. Yes. So the constant co-working session gives you kind of that accountability partner to sit and implement. And I love it's like you sit down. There's like 45 other people on the call watching you. So sit down. Like we're going to get this done together. Yeah. And you got all these people you can chat with. So yeah. I absolutely love that. And then, of course, if anyone, um, if the listeners want to dive into the podcast, it's the consistency corner. Yes. And so we'll make sure in the show notes that we get whatever links we can to make sure that you can either get that free offer from Ruthie, which is amazing. Um, that community, I, I just like we started the show off um, the community that Ruthie and I met through and and still still all connect are connected with is a phenomenal group of women. And so I know that showing up for that would be incredibly valuable. So definitely check it out. So I'll make sure the links are on there. Thank you again, Ruthie, for coming on. I, I appreciate you so much. Yes, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Likewise. All right, guys, until next time. Steph here. Thank you so much for listening to the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you and we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information, or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.